Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane Team Arts, our sizzling summer deals start early with a free Weber barbecue when you buy four selected Bridgestone jeweler or a Lenser tyres. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on Bridgestone, Goodyear, Yokohama and Dunlop. And up to $100 instant cashback on top tyre brands like Michelin, Goodyear, Zenon and Motorsport X. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. T's and C's apply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here, and my name is Grant Rowley. I've got a very special guest, one of my most special guests on the phone with me today. There's uh, lots of news happening in the supercars world with the announcement of the calendar. And who better to get on the line than Andrew Van Leeuwen? Of course, he's from the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. Uh, and anytime I think about supercars calendars, I think about where me and this bloke are going to go to and what things we're going to tear up all around the country. ABL, thanks for coming on. Yes, it is. Uh, it is important to mark these things in the diary. This is where we will be doing all sorts of crazy stuff, Grant. That's how we live our rock star life, of course. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to like see the dates. Sometimes I was, I was actually thinking about it before. It's like, oh, it is cool when you see these dates and go, all right, this is what we're doing next year. It'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. So a reduced calendar, uh, twelve rounds. This year's was thirteen, wasn't it? Is that right? Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. So some um, not 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 to everybody's uh, great happiness, but yes, this year was thirteen. Twelve seems to be the number the teams get a little bit more excited about. Yeah. Why? I guess uh, I, I'm sure most people who are listening here, other than team owners, are thinking, why don't we have thirteen or fourteen or fifteen? Why can't we have more and more and more? Obviously, the more you have. The more it costs. Why? Why do you think twelve is the number? Because it's the minimum amount you have to do and the minimum amount you have to spend to make sure that you get all that juicy uh, TV money coming in. So that's why it is twelve. Is a little bit skinny if you think about the um, facilities that we have here and the fact that we have classic tracks like Winton. You know, a, a newly rebuilt Queensland Raceway that really wants to be on the supercars bill, not included. The bend only sneaking in because New Zealand didn't happen. Otherwise, that wouldn't be on there. And that is a state-of-the-art venue. Pretty cold, not ideally located. But still, you know, plenty of countries and, and domestic championships would love to have a venue like that to go and race at. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty tight only having the 12. And then we talk, we look at New Zealand coming back. We look at the fact that Supercars wants to race it up to three Formula One events in the future. Um, it's really not quite enough. We don't want to go down the path of Formula One and MotoGP and just doing everything and basically going, well, sorry, mechanics and whoever else in the team, you're going to get run into the ground working almost every day of the calendar year. Journalists but as I well. Think, Journalists as well. Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but I think I think you're, you're kind of – your 12 is definitely on the – on the skinny side when you're trying to get as much done as you need to. But until something kind of changes in the way things are set up, you know, effectively from what I understand and the charter system is still new and quite difficult to decipher, but I mean, teams get paid to do their 12 events. That's what's factored into their budget. Any other events beyond that, there's a revenue split between supercars and the teams, but it's obviously, you know, this year we really saw a push to try and only do 12 rounds, even though there were 13, 
on the schedule. New Zealand hung in the balance for ages. Sandown wasn't going to happen at some point. They ended up doing all of the events, but it is kind of difficult to get all the teams on board to do that. So I guess there's a couple of uh, stories that have come out of the calendar announcement, which happened today. Uh, now, if you're hiding under a rock and you haven't seen it, um, we kick off um, early in March uh, with the Newcastle 500, followed by Grand Prix support race, uh, Perth over in your part of the world, AVL, then down to Tassie, up to Darwin, Townsville, Sydney Motorsport Park, the Bend, the Sandown 500's back, the Bathurst 1000, of course, is there. Uh, Gold Coast 500 and Adelaide 500 to round out the season. So uh, I guess the uh, the couple of key stories that we've seen come out of this is 100% we're not going to New Zealand. You and I were both over at Pukekohe for the last round over there. It was a terrific event added to the fact that, you know, there was the last time supercars would go to that famous old venue. Uh, but... It's, it's a shame for the, the Kiwi fans who came out in their droves and really reminded us how popular this championship is. Yeah, it's, this is super important uh, to Supercars to have around there. And I, I can understand why it hasn't happened this year. It's easy to say, well, why don't they just go to Hampton Downs? But um, it doesn't quite work that way because of the fact that funding for the event has largely come from Auckland Unlimited. And unfortunately, while Hampton Downs is only sort of 20 minutes down the road from Pukekohe, there is a state border, or I forget they're called they're called economic regions or something in New Zealand. I don't know, but it is across a state border. It is in Waikato, um, and that means that it's not as easy just saying, okay, well, we're just going to race there now and continuing with the funding model that was in place. Um, so effectively what needs to happen, I guess, is that uh, the federal government in New Zealand needs to be lobbied to get some money out out of them to make this happen. Uh, it was interesting that the, the press release from Supercars included quotes um, from uh, the federal government in terms of saying, yep, we're working towards something. It was from the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, um, which is a federal department, um, saying, yes, we are working on something for the future. So that's obviously the level at which the chats are now taking place. Um, hopefully they can secure that. It, it would be very difficult to imagine that, you know, on either side, there wouldn't be a great desire to make this happen based on what we saw at Pukekohe this year. Surely the federal government can recognize how popular supercars is there um, and how well an event can perform. Um, supercars should definitely want to be there. If their absolute priority isn't getting an event back, then something's wrong, but I would imagine that it is. So hopefully they can sort out this funding. They can sort out any logistical issues they are with traffic management or whatever at Hampton Downs. That can all be sorted because we were meant to race there in 2020. We were already mm. meant to have raced there. So um, I don't buy that these are these are actual massive issues that need to be overcome because they had already been decided they could be overcome once before. We'll overcome them again. So the priority is obviously going to be getting some money, traveling around. You know, freighting cars and stuff isn't cheap at the moment. It's unlikely to get a whole lot cheaper in the short term. So I guess it's about finding a sustainable funding model uh, and then we can go racing in New Zealand, probably at Hampton Downs from 2024 onwards. Yep. Uh, a bit of a shame, but uh, hopefully, as you say, we'll be we'll be back there soon. Um, okay, so send our 500 returns. It returns to its traditional race before the 1,000. So... Uh, just less than a month out, which is great given that that Sandown may not be with us for as long as we'd like. It might succumb to that urban sprawl and at uh, the, the venue like Pukekohe, 
uh, and very similar as well with the the fact that they dance around a horse racing track uh, won't be there. So the the more Sandown 500s we can get, uh, I think is is awesome. It did come announced with a tinge of controversy as well with uh, the date that Supercars put out clashing directly with the date that ARG Motorsport Australia had uh, already listed uh, over a month ago for its speed series round. Um, it all seems to have worked out though. I think so. Yeah. Look, I mean, first of all, having the Sandown 500 back is an immensely um, uh, positive thing for supercars. It's great to have two Enduros back. It just feels right. It's never felt right. Not having at least one other Enduro to go alongside the Bathurst 1000. So it would be nice if we were just talking about how great the return of the bath of the Sandown 500 is. Um, unfortunately, there has been this kind of date clash thing that uh, has made for a pretty busy um, 24 hours for news journos like myself. Once the embargo released with the supercars calendar went out and there was clearly this clash, there had been a lot of talk about that clash uh, and the fact that Motorsport Australia, which had made the booking with the Melbourne Racing Club, was going to hold firm on that date. And they've been talking about supercars asking the question, could we have it? No, you can't have it. Um, if New Zealand had gone ahead, it would have been in that September slot. So um, Sandown, the Sandown 500 would have been in August and we would have had this kind of weird, but not overly unprecedented or not entirely unprecedented, you know, two driver round followed by a single driver round then back to a two driver round. Um, when it became clear New Zealand wasn't going to happen, um, it was thought that the bend would just slot into that September round. But um, it turns out that supercars did actually have an agreement with the MRC to say, if we want that date, we're going to take it. Um, they have done that. Um, there was this odd situation where Supercars was going, no, no, there's no issue here. And Motorsport Australia um, and ARGs were reasonably blindsided by it. And we're going, well, hang on a minute there. We've got a booking. And up until first thing this morning, even, um, as I continue to check with Motorsport Australia, their line was, no, no, we have a booking. This is our booking. We're going to hold our event this weekend. And we have no idea what Supercars is doing. They were then informed at some point this morning, no, we're, we've given the date to Supercars. We had an agreement with them all along. Um, so they've been uh, Motorsport Australia has been left a little disappointed about that. Another interesting thing to come out of this is that it wasn't just New Zealand falling over um, that led to Supercars wanting to reclaim that date, but um, there was talk, proper talk, that Supercars might go to the Singapore Grand Prix next year. I mean, we know that's on the horizon in the future as part of this three Formula One race plan, but that is on that exact same weekend. And it seems that Supercars, when New Zealand wasn't going to happen, went cool. Well, let's have a look and see if we can make. Uh, Singapore happened. They couldn't make Singapore happen in the end. I believe that it was just going to cost that little bit too much money. And we've talked about how much the teams don't want to be spending any more than they have to. So Supercars went cool. Well, let's just do what we have done in the past, have Sandown immediately before Bathurst, reclaim the date that apparently, and nobody really knew they still had a claim on. And here we are in this situation. It does feel right though, to have, the Sandown 500, exactly where it sits on the 2023 calendar. It looks good. It feels right. And there's a lot of co-drivers out there going, you beauty, there is an extra uh, 10 or 15 or 20 or uh, depends how good you are, 50 uh, in the bank. Well, there's some co-drivers that will have to bring more money to do. Well, race. that's just not well. Forget, I'm talking. Forget about them. That's right. So I was, I, so I was when not, I was uh, when I was talking. I was wondering how. Everybody. 
when I was talking, I was wondering how could I work in the fact that some of them have to bring a little bit to do it, but, um, but that's uh, no stress. Uh, maybe the point being uh, it's, it's right. And it's uh, it, it is even, you know, whether the co-drivers are getting paid or whether they're, they have to bring it, it's uh, it's, it's good for everyone. No, no, it is absolutely a, a hugely positive thing. And we shouldn't let the date clash thing actually cloud it because this is the high-profile event. You know, I think that I can understand how Motorsport Australia and ARG maybe goes, well, hang on a minute, we thought we had that and now we have to reshuffle. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the positive thing is that we have two two driver races back. It is the right slot for it. I think it'll kind of fall into the footy finals somewhere. Um, and, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's a good thing. And we yep. should be treating it as a good thing. And, you know, hopefully one day we can have three Enduros back because that – that works as well, but at least we have we have two back. Um, I think we're hopefully going to maybe ease some of those concerns about co-drivers and lack of race fitness heading to Bathurst and all those sorts of things. It's a it's a it's a great thing. And remember what a critical part these enduros play in the development of young drivers looking to break into the main game. And there's been a lot of talk about is the pathway system working? Is it broken? Is it too expensive? All that sort of stuff. This is an important thing. Um, for these guys, for, for young drivers to be able to do, and the more miles they can get in the main game before being full-time main game drivers is always a positive. Mm. Yep, very good. Okay, cool. Hey, look, there. Uh, I'll tell you what, maybe uh, ARG and, and MA could have kept that date and run the Sandown 500, put them on to the support bill, stick them out in tents out the back, run them at like, you know, that 8.30 in the morning slot, the slot that no one wants to be on. Do you reckon supercars would be a support category to the Speed Series? Yeah, I think they'd love that. There's certainly no tension between the two, and I'm sure they would be totally open <laughs> to uh, to having this one of the most important races of the year as a support category to... Um, to TCR. It would be great when Tony Dalberto says, sorry guys, I have to miss one of the sessions in the supercar. I've got this uh, very important TCR commitments to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to take uh, instead. Ah, uh, the champion. You're talking about the champion there. Yep. I think that's the way he likes to be referred to now. Oh, the champ. The champ. Oh, I'll um, keep that in mind. Okay, cool. So and I guess uh, for the rest of the calendar, not much really changes. Uh, over in your part of the world, Perth comes in at round three. That's pretty yep. early, I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's the end of April. We've we've raced there. It's always been it's always been around Mother's Day, which is early, um, early. I think it's a Mother's Day or five, yeah, it's Mother's Day that time of year, which is early May. So you know, it's kind of it's just switching Tassie and Perth around. What is interesting is that um, it's the Perth Super Sprint now, not the Perth Super Night. So there'll be no um, nighttime running as part of that. The only night running we're going to get. Uh, next season will be the Sydney Super Night, um, so that's a that's a bit of a change for Perth. But other than that, the time of year that'll that'll work quite well. It's a nice it's a nice weather window, um, yeah. And I guess that probably on the flip side, maybe going a bit later with Tassie isn't ideal for the weather because it gets pretty cold there, as we oh, yeah. know. And we're talking about a a mid May date now. It'll be pretty uh, pretty cool. We'll be packing a big jacket for that one, I reckon. Um, mm. And yeah, but, big jacket um, for that one. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, we head up to Darwin where jackets are definitely not required. Yeah, we definitely won't need a jacket there. That's, a, that's actually almost, it's almost too hot in Darwin that time of year, but I guess it doesn't get any colder any other time of the year. It just gets more humid. So uh, it's probably a good thing. You know, Townsville, that you could have, you could pencil that date in forever and ever on that weekend because it has to fit in with. School with the holidays. school holidays, yep. um, and I reckon we'll be breaking the uh, we'll be breaking the jackets back out for the for the trip to the bend in um, 
in the middle of August as well. That will be uh, that will be pretty pretty cold. Mm. Pretty cold. So we stayed on a dairy farm last time we went to the bend this year. So um, it's always and we stayed on a houseboat the year before. So it's always quite an adventure. Where would we like to stay this year for the bend? Maybe maybe we could somewhere go with, so, somewhere with foam reception would be a massive step uh, in the right direction. <laughs> what about the ridges? Why why can't we stay at the ridges? Let's stay at the circuit. I'll leave you to sort that out, Grant. That would okay. be yeah. Uh, that would be yeah. great. I have a feeling that us requesting to stay at the circuit will end us in a sleeping in on an unpowered camping site out in the Big Four caravan park at the you, back of the track. Hey, somewhere. you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. Well, let's uh, let's talk to it, the it, it is it is definitely a bad idea to stay in an unpowered camping site. Oh, a, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about staying unpowered. Cabin, I'm thinking, cabin, yeah, a little nice. cabin. That'd be cute. Yeah. I yeah, think that'd be good. Right. I'd, I'd go back to the houseboat. I enjoyed the houseboat. That was fun. Yeah, it was rocking. Now, the um, the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500, it's listed mm. here as Boost Mobile. Yeah. Was, was it always a multi-year deal for Boost? Because I know Peter Adderton has had his ups and downs, his highs and lows, his ins and outs with supercars. And I was surprised to see Boost Mobile, the, the event listed as a Boost Mobile event. Yeah, so I think it was a multi-year deal, but obviously, you know, that's it's only as good as the people who want to honour it or not. You know, the whole uh, Boost is going to pull out a supercars thing started with this with this Barclay Nettlefold appearing in a photo at an Optus store, um, those those matters were put to bed. Um, that 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 you know, Boost was happy to move on from that. Now the latest squabble is over whether they can get a car on the grid, at least in a in a, a limited capacity as a wild card. So I believe Peter Addison uh, is under the understanding he'll hear something back from Supercars today on the twenty third about whether he can have three wildcard rounds. He wants Newcastle, Bathurst and the Gold Coast. Um, and he did tell me last week that if he can get that, particularly with the Gold Coast, he'll happily back the Gold Coast event again. Um, so that that is what it, that may depend on. Um, but obviously, yeah, I did note it has been listed as the sponsor there, which is good news because they're a really good fit as a sponsor for that event. They did a fantastic job of activating it this year. Um, so it would be great if they did continue um, in that role. And yeah, like I say, I think if they can get, you know, it's quite interesting what 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 Pete's talking about, which is, you know, Richie Stanaway will be at the, all the preseason testing, running alongside the Triple Eight cars, um, and then we'll run a Triple Eight supported wild card, you know, for those for those three events. Um, it requires a little bit of leniency from supercars because they're meant to be cracking down on wild cards, and you're only allowed one outside of. The enduros with the two enduros now they could still do three rounds. Could be Newcastle, Sandown, and um, and Bathurst. But obviously uh, the Gold Coast is a good fit for Boost if they are the backer of the event and they want to be at Newcastle because Pete's made such a big song and dance about we will be on the grid at Newcastle. I think he wants that presence of having a car on the grid at Newcastle so he can say to the people who said it will never happen, look, there's my car sitting on the grid in Newcastle. Mm. Okay, uh, well, we'll wait and see with that. I dare say all we'll need to do is just stay tuned to Peter Adderton's Instagram and we'll find it all out very quickly. Um, okay, and Winton Missing from from the calendar. It's a circuit that you and I have been to a billion times and we're mm-hmm. talking about uh, staying in different places. We've definitely stayed in a range of different places, Benalla, Wangaratta, uh, feeding cows and chooks on farms. That was last year. Um, yep. we've, we've been there and done that. We've tackled every pub in Benalla, most of them in Wangaratta. Uh, it's a, it's a, 
I should be talking about the event, but I'm just talking about what you and I do um, after we leave the event before we come to it. But it's, uh, yeah, a little bit of a shame that we're not going to one of, one of those regional tracks. And, you know, once off now, does it ever come back? Yeah, that's that's the issue. I mean, it's a, it's a good heartland racing circuit. The camping always gives it a sort of an atmosphere. The cold weather's kind of a feature of the event. You know, I always like going there. You do stay in a country town somewhere and it's always a good laugh. So it is it is definitely a bit of a shame. The thing is with whether it ever comes back, I mean, the circuit's not going anywhere. It definitely can. All this, it's just a big merry-go-round of funding. So if at some point the Victorian government says, we'll tip in a heap of money if you put it back on because we want people traveling to regional Victoria, then it'll be back on the calendar, you know? So um, I think that there's plenty of, you know, scope for it to return at some point. Um, and we'll just, um, yeah, we just have to wait and see. I hope it does because I like going there. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Anyway, cool. So that's the 2023 Supercars calendar, Repco Supercars calendar, of course, uh, wrapped up. That uh, and I don't think we're going to see too many changes. You know, we I think we we saw a, a minor amount of change to 2022. 2021 was a bit of a uh, bit all over the place. 2020 was a complete schmozzle. But I think we're I think we're pretty set. I think you can basically pen these in on your uh, on the calendar that your grandma is going to give you for Christmas and have them absolutely locked. Are you are you pretty confident of that? I think so. I mean, like you say, we haven't actually had a year with no changes since 2019 because obviously 2020 and 2021 were heavily revised. Even, yeah, this year, you know, we were meant to race in Newcastle. That got swapped for um, Sydney and we didn't know where, if Newcastle was going to come back. And then there was all this doubt about Sandown, all this doubt about New Zealand. It really has felt like a a, a kind of um, moving target all year. And next year we should actually be able to lock in dates and just go motor racing where and when we expect to go motor racing, which will be great. Mm, yeah, very good. Okay. Um, hey, well, I might have actually have a, another special guest coming through uh, just in a moment, but um, uh, tell us uh, other other stuff that's happening in uh, supercars, Australian motorsport land. Uh, you break all the, you break some big stories on the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. You also write for motorsport.com. Um, there is, uh, there, there's some big prizes up for grabs at, uh, at Adelaide for the, um, motors, the, the supercars media awards. So, um, are, are you going to win another gong this year? Uh, I have no idea, Grant. I have no <laughs> idea. I never expect to win and I do, I have no idea. I've had a good couple of years and I've picked up a fair bit of glassware, so, uh, if it's decided that it's someone else's turn, then I'm perfectly happy with that. If I win more, then I was going to say we'll just party hard, but I don't really feel like winning or losing is going to have a great effect on uh, on how much we enjoy the return of Adelaide to the Supercars uh, schedule in just a couple of uh, a couple of weeks' time. And we have the gala to look forward to as well. The first gala mm. since 2019 as well at Adelaide Oval. So, yeah, that's, that is um, cool. I, I reckon. Imagine. Are we going to pad up and head out to the middle? I don't know if we should pad up, but I think I should definitely bring a bat and a ball. Yeah. And, and during some, some of the awards that we already know the winners for, like why are we getting Shane Van Giesbergen to go back up, back up on stage to collect his trophy that he would have already collected a few hours before. He loves the attention. He'll really enjoy it, but (laughs) making a speech. Yes. It'll be a long one too. It'll be a real long one. Sure. 
sure. I, yeah. So, um, so, uh, so Adelaide uh, coming back, we have uh, the championships done. It's the last round yep. for Holden. Um, the return of the event. What are you most looking forward to other than hanging out with me? Um, I think just having the event back, you know, it is in the middle of Adelaide always, you always felt like there, there was, you know, the locals embraced it. You could definitely feel that it was flat. Well, it was definitely flat by 2020 because that was such a weird sort of time. And actually, I wrote a piece about this earlier this year, which I have entered in the media award. So maybe that's, maybe that's going to be the winning piece. But it was by, by Adelaide 2020 was so weird because Holden was leaving. There were all this doom and gloom about the future of supercars and what are we going to do next? There was kind of these rumblings of this whole um, COVID thing going on. We didn't really know how it was going to affect us at that point. It hadn't affected us yet, um, but there was talk about, you know, the borders to, you know, flights from Italy, not being allowed to come, flights from China, not being allowed to come. It was just a really weird time. And then there was this pretty poor crowd, uh, all this talk about, oh, it doesn't need to be scarred back to a three-day event. You know, the concert was a bit of a letdown after, you know, I think it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers the year before, and then it was Hilltop Hoods or whatever. And it, it just felt really weird. And I'm sort of looking forward to just going back and it just being a really good Adelaide 500, an old-school Adelaide 500, like we had as recently as, like, 2019. Uh, I think that's what I'm most excited about, seeing the event back, you know, at least close to to its to its heyday. Cool. Okay. Uh, AVL, thank you so much for your time on Parked Up. Uh, all the best with the media awards. Uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, in a week or so, and we'll get this season done and we'll uh, celebrate in the only way that you and I know how. That sounds like a great idea. And we thank AVL for his time on the Parked Up podcast. Of course, we've got lots more to come. Certainly one more big thing to come. Uh, Mark Fogarty grabbed Roland Dane for a in-depth chat on the future of supercars and the role that he plays and some suggestions that he has uh, for supercars. So I'll fly straight into that. It's Mark Fogarty with Roland Dane. Roland Dane, welcome to Parked Up. Now, Roland, I've been interested that recently you've been airing your views in your new column on speedcafe.com. Um, why did you feel the need to to start addressing some issues in the sport? Um, well, the, the really, the, the column was something that I'd been speaking to Brett Murray about for a little while, and um, not necessarily to be, uh, to be really talking about issues. It's the... Uh, it's a general thing to 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 be able to um, at different times, hopefully in the in the coming months and things, to be able to talk about all aspects of of motorsport. Um, just so happens that people's attention has been grabbed in the last uh, couple of weeks by a, a couple of um, a couple of uh, big bigger ticket items, I suppose, that have uh, that have been on the radar. So you're saying that you're not actively setting out to, well, I guess, agitate for change? No, not at all. That's uh, <laughs> far from it. The, the intention uh, is to, to provide the, um, the Speed Cafe uh, uh, readers with, um, uh, with some stories, some insights, some uh, different um, 
different approaches, different um, different tales from uh, from the motorsport world um, that I've been a part of for the last um, fifty years. But also, surely, to you know, promote or trigger some dialogue within the wider motorsport community. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, where there are where there are issues and and um, uh, where there are topics of discussion that uh, that I think are, uh, are worthy of of comment or <laughs> or trying to um, trying to draw people's attention to. Then um, very much so. I'd uh, I'd like to um, I'd like to be able to uh, to say something about those particular things, but it won't be it won't be every week. Sure. Well, let's look at some of the topics you've raised in, in recent weeks, and I, I guess it wasn't specifically aimed at Mount Panorama when you discussed the fact that you thought Philip Island needed an upgrade, but. Isn't there a case that Mount Panorama, outside of the pit lane complex, also needs, well, it needs to be brought into the 21st century in terms of facilities, doesn't it? Um, yes, uh, for sure. I mean, all, all the, um, almost every circuit in, in, in the country, you know, with the, probably with the exception of the bend, uh, only because it's so new, uh, needs um Needs work of, of one sort or another. It's an ongoing, um, it's an ongoing task that uh, circuit circuit owners know only too well and better than I do. But um, the and Mount Panorama, uh, of course, there's you know, the work's gone on there ever since the, the it was first used. Um, you know, 50, 60, well, no, seventy years ago now, I suppose. Um, and in its current layout, so uh, that's ongoing. And after the Bathurst uh, 1000, you know, my role as a uh, member of the Motorsport Australia uh, Safety and Risk Committee, yeah, I pointed out some some issues which will for sure need addressing in the uh, in the coming um, in the coming months. So that's an ongoing process. And then, of course, there's facilities for spectators which um, have taken a a big leap forward in many ways um, over the last 20 years or so at Mount um, Panorama, but then people's standards and expectations um, keep going up quite rightly. So you've got to keep, uh, got to keep up with the times. Do you get the impression that there is a will, if not to say enthusiasm, to make these improvements to Mount Panorama, particularly, you know, regards track safety and, I guess we're talking drainage and then, um, you know, more facilities, particularly a proper grandstand. Yeah, I think that uh, there's uh, definitely a will there because for the uh, for the local council there and the um, local economy, the use of the Bathurst circuit um, on the, um, what is it now, five, five different events um, across the year uh, is is um, is very important, and the money it brings into the local economy uh, is vital. And the, the council, don't forget, yeah, they make money directly out of these events as well. They're stakeholders in all these events. You've also called out Peter Adderton on his um, public campaign to try and force supercars into yeah, selling him a team's racing charter. 
and it doesn't look like it's happening. But do you think that, you know, by trying to appeal to the fans and, and stir it all up, um, I don't know, did he put supercars in a difficult position at all? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, but I think yeah, supercars could have been clearer and just come out and told everyone how the system works with the charters and um, and and made it clear what Peter or anyone else, to be honest, would have to do to in order to um, in order to to buy one, whether it's from an existing team or potentially the one that is unallocated that sits with supercars at the moment. Why do you think they haven't come out and explained the process? Haven't been well, haven't been transparent about the, what the process actually involves. I have no idea, Mark. So that brings the question then. I, broadly, from your perspective, since the change of ownership, are you happy with the way supercars is being managed under the uh, race organisation? Um, I think uh, I think the it's probably too early to um, to judge them, uh, really, because. I think that it'll be next year when they've been able to to control more of the uh, various aspects of the sport about um, which races, where, um, how the how the um, PR for the for the categories run, how the media is run, etc. Uh, I think uh, you know, next year will, will really be the first the first time you can truly judge them, but. Uh, there has been a, I think there's been a lack of engagement by the new owners, uh, both um, within the sport and uh, broader across the uh, across the the fan base, across the um, commercial partner base as well. There's been a there's been a lack of engagement. There's been a lack of uh, uh, really transparent discussion uh, with those parties to to understand what the objectives. Uh, and, the, and the aims of um, of the race organisation is. That seems to be a familiar theme, doesn't it? Lack of communication, well, certainly with the fans and sometimes even the teams. Yeah, that's what I see from the outside. But um, and I think many people see that. So, but you know, hopefully they'll learn from that. And uh, uh, because there's certainly been brought up with them, this issue has been brought up with them by. By various people now, both publicly and privately, from what I understand. And what about Gen Three? From your perspective, I mean, it's going to get there, but gosh, it's been a tortuous birth, hasn't it? Well, it's birth by committee, and the more people you have involved, the more complicated it is. So, uh, but that's what the teams wanted. So, yeah, there'll be some short-term pain to get there. Uh, but in the end, um, you know, six months in, I think everyone will just be getting on with life. Of course, you're on the FIA Touring Car Commission, which is looking, well, it looks at the future and the regulation of touring car racing globally. Roland, what is the future of touring car racing around the world? Because, well, touring traditional touring cars are a dying breed on the road. So... What, what do you see? Where do you see that the commission is going to direct touring cars in the future? 
Well, it, I think the um, uh, the issue is that as, as far as the commission goes, is you've now you're going to have increasingly overlap between um, the GT commission and the touring car commission because, to be honest, touring cars, as you said, in the, in in their sort of accepted form, I suppose, for uh, as as we think of them as consumers, even though they can be traditionally, you know, bigger vehicles here and in the United States, et cetera, and then in Europe, smaller vehicles. But that 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 class of vehicle, as you say, is, is disappearing. And you know, as, I, as uh, I often refer to them as they, yeah, they're the they're the Ubers really. Um, and they're the vehicles which are increasingly going to be electrified. On the other hand, you've got um, uh, aspirational vehicles in, in the GT world, which I think you've actually seen a, cha a change of tone amongst the major manufacturers in the last six to 12 months, whereby they've openly said, some of them, that, well, actually, we're going to carry on making internal combustion engine vehicles probably in, in much smaller numbers but for certain niches of the market as long as there's uh, there are good sustainable fuel um, options for such vehicles you've seen ford refer to this recently bmw and mercedes so um so i think more and more people are accepting that you know electrification doesn't work everywhere um, but for aspirational vehicles, that there is potentially a future for the internal combustion engine for quite some time to come. So I think you're going to see this gravitation towards, uh, from a racing point of view, you're going to see this gravitation towards those sort of hero cars, the, the, the two-door cars that we see in GT3 and GT4. So in effect, longer-term emerging of touring cars and GTs as we know them at the moment. Well, it's inevitable. In, in racing terms. Yeah, it's inevitable. And will that hold true in Australia? I mean, we can't literally, we, we, and metaphorically, we can't remain an island. I mean, I don't know about you, but it always worries me that there doesn't seem to be a plan beyond Gen 3 as we see, as we see it right now. Um. Oh, look, uh, I think there are some quite smart people there who uh, who um, realise that the the iteration of Gen 3 that we see now, you know, won't necessarily last forever at all. But, uh, but there will be something after that. The current GT3 cars, um, to be honest, don't, they wouldn't work in a, um, in a supercars environment. Uh, they, although they're, Although they're actually mechanically um, cheap to run, they're not uh, they're not cheap if you hit things with them, and they've got too much downforce. Um, they wouldn't race well over the streets of um, Surface Paradise, for instance, uh, etc. Uh, some of the tracks we go to totally unsuitable for for GT3 cars. So a supercar has evolved over the last thirty years, like a kangaroo. It's evolved for uh, the land it finds itself in. And um, so what we've got to see is what best works, I suppose, as a, uh, in the supercars environment for whatever the next iteration is after the, um, the two Gen 3 cars that we see ahead of us next year. So 
Um, I'm not sure it's completely clear yet, but uh, but there needs to be there needs to be something that fits into that aspirational GT area. And I don't think we're the only people in the world to be recognizing this because you look at DTM, which for two seasons now has run GT3 cars, um, but with professional drivers going flat out. Uh, racing for sheep stations, which GT3 cars weren't really designed to do. And of course, you've had huge amounts of damage and uh, to those cars um, at vast expense, even so much so that one or two teams have put their hands up and said, we can't do this anymore. So it doesn't, it's not a solution for us, but I suspect there will be something that will be a solution. Well, it will be interesting to see how it develops. All right, Roland. Thanks for your time. You seem to be keeping pretty busy for someone who retired. How's that going? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit busier than that, than I thought I would be, but um, yeah, I'm still happy to be uh, chairman at Triple Eight and helping out where I can, like um, like Bathurst a couple of times this year and the GT program where I can, and also busy with um, PWR on the board there and and several other things so i've uh um yeah i'm i'm enjoying having a bit more time off but uh but still being um reasonably occupied as i say pretty busy for a, a retired bloke and undoubtedly you you'll be at the adelaide 500 as well so all right that's great thank you roland dane thank you and we thank folks and Roland for that. That's all for this episode of Parked Up. It is a busy, busy, busy time of the year. Uh, this weekend, we've got the uh, last round of the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge that's happening down at Isla Magic, part of their uh, traditional end-of-season state event that's down there at that beautiful island circuit. Uh, I'll be going down to uh, check out how that's going. And the week after that, of course, we've got the Barlow Adelaide 500, the final round of the Repco Supercars Championship for 2022. Of course, you can hear more uh, from the Parked Up channels with Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty every Monday, 5 p.m. Uh, there's going to be a brand new Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing podcast that will come out this week. So tune in for uh, what Gaz and Daz have to say and who they're talking to uh, this week. And new girls on the grid actually uh, popped up. The girls had a, uh, a little bit of a sabbatical, but they've come back uh, and spoken to TechWork Motorsports' own Zoe Woods. So uh, a really cool chat there, podcasting everywhere. But uh, this one has come to an end. I'd like to thank Race Fuels and Bob Jane T-Marts, two of our great partners, and you'll hear from me next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 